the yogi diary logs of the eternal traveler this is an exploration of the question what is yoga where the question is not seen as a target to be brought down with an apt answer but a cue to travel to explore which is what each yogi ever did the yogi took a cue and went on an exploration to some destination looked around did some new things had some new understandings each needed to tell his story to oneself every single day hey this is what i did today a story well told is about hearing what happened to you like it happened to someone else apart from deepening your understanding it clears the slate so you are now a blank canvas once the story is out and it also might hold a cue for the next leg of the travel now we begin our own exploration chapter 1 the field of possibilities what is yoga maybe once this was a question that needed a quick and crisp answer so that you could decide if it was for you many postures breaths classes and healings later once again perhaps the question arises what is yoga and this time maybe you don't want an answer maybe it's more like this question as a cottage in a remote valley that you are considering checking into to live in this space and you're considering going there without a return date long enough to see what the stay will do to you but before you make up your mind on making that commitment of moving into that enchanting place you want to know what can the stay what can yoga really do for you one the eternal travelers and their fantastic vehicle we watch the child take its first steps notice all the changes as it grows into a teen and then into adulthood in noticing the changes it's a child's journey that we see if you look around we've traveled from somewhere to here and from here too we are on a journey when you identify yourself not with places but with the journey itself your eyes tend to look beyond beyond my street beyond my part of the city beyond my particular kind of world for many this is also reflected physically like in living many houses cities countries 
and for some, like the nomads, it's a way of life. But there is another kind of journey which each person is on. This journey is not from one place to another. It begins with traveling from the world out there to the world in here. The ones who realize that through an entire lifetime they were nothing more or less than travelers passing through, passing through the planet Earth, passing through their particular body and set of life circumstances. They thought it would be nice to have a little more than just warm clothes. How about a smooth vehicle? Something that can keep me protected, supple, youthful. Because I want to live long, a hundred years minimum. And I want each of those years to be youthful, energetic, cheerful, so that I have enough time to look around, experience things firsthand. So these travelers came up with this vehicle, quite an amazing vehicle actually, perfected over thousands of years of experiments. Each traveler who has used it has added one's own innovation, understanding and application to it, making it a supremely powerful, all-terrain, all-weather vehicle that is stable maneuverable. It has navigation and it is made in such a way it can be completely re-engineered to suit your own particular nature and needs. And if you learn to drive it, it can take you to any place in your inner cosmos. That vehicle is asana. Once you learn how to use it, you travel as royalty through life. It's so comfortable. You might sometimes forget why you acquired this vehicle. It can sometimes make you feel like a racer, like you cannot be beaten in the race of life. Give you a sense of, I can do things better, more perfectly. But, that's not what this vehicle called asana has been made for. Because let's remember, it might have evolved through the efforts of people, many of whom were supremely gifted. Yet, each of them did it not for a prize or for showcasing their talent. They did it just to travel better. So this vehicle called asana is a gift from the eternal traveler. It's to be used in a deeper sense for this exploration where it's not a race for perfection. It's about driving the car to take you to a place where the effort is to do but the goal is not to achieve but to be. 
the optimal temperature of being asana much more than what it seems on the surface a source of endless delight the wise have said life's a swift current with powerful whirlpools struggle and you will be dragged down be at ease and you will stay afloat like an infant baby left alone at the deep end of a swimming pool it doesn't struggle it just stays relaxed the limbs move a little casually without any effort just what its nervous system makes it do instinctively and that's enough the baby floats without any effort to swim as if it knows not what it is to drown maybe it's one who hasn't been taught the fear of drowning yet so its effort to stay afloat is not intense it's almost no effort and definitely no special technique while the baby does it out of instinct we have to put an effort to be effortless like that baby the great author of the yoga sutra patanjali calls this prayatna saithilya the relaxing of effort Shaitilya comes from shita which means cool from the standpoint of biology body temperature is considered to be an important parameter in our very survival something that we can experience in our daily life body temperature is considered to be a fundamental factor that has shaped the very evolution of species because if our body temperature goes up just 5 to 6 degrees celsius more than normal we will die and that's not a big shift in temperature that's why even if there is the slightest heating up just due to a thought sweating begins so that the body can cool down a good part of our survival mechanism is dedicated to maintaining a constant core temperature so prayatna shaitilya which literally translates as the cooling of effort is a deep insight of yoga keep the heartbeat normal breath normal and you will remain on top whether you are in the deep end of a pool or in the deep end of life maybe we can call prayatna shaitilya as the art of maintaining the optimal temperature of being it's not the parameters of load in a posture or the huffing and puffing aspect of effort that we are talking about here it's about the texture of the effort the care and quality of the effort itself that keeps the temperature down that's why the word shithila which means cool is used
this kind of effort is actually less of effort and more of a response leading to a state of endless absorption. Ananta Samapattihi Every small task, even wearing a tie or wielding a fork has a technique. And from it comes craft, skill, aesthetics. Yet, it might seem that the demands for adherence to proper technique are restrictive if applied to how we have to move or sit or wait in a queue. They are like handcuffs. But the technique of asana, summed up by Patanjali in the Sutra, Relaxed effort, fixing the mind on the beyond, are like handcuffs you wear willingly, whose aim is making you immune to the sense of duality. Duality is the outcome of feeling separate from all that I experience, like I am just an object in the universe, just like that box or the chair, lacking in self-awareness, with no relationship with anything. That is, I am torn between my sense of being, which I can feel all the time, and this image of myself as a mere object. So it makes me feel that I too can perish just like an old chair or a damaged box. And for sure one day I will because I am just this object called the human body. The feeling that comes from this seemingly unshakable notion that I am the body. The desired outcome of asana practice is about being freed from this bondage. Patanjali declares Then on achieving asana you are free from the assault of duality. It's as if Asana frees you from the sense of being identified with the limited, perishable body, of the notion of being an object, and this by just maintaining the optimal temperature of being, not through huffing and puffing, but through cool effort. And the technique of this is about dwelling on the nature and the quality of effort itself. The sutra doesn't say do like this or take your hand here and leg there. It says dwell on the quality of your effort and keep it cool. A bridge across the valley of the senses. Yama and Yama Amazing discoveries during solo travel and how true discipline is spontaneous. Dwell on the quality of your effort and keep it cool. Dwelling is not thinking about something or chanting or repeating a definition 
or the analysis of a theory. It's like you're seeing a beautiful dream, as real as your room, and you remain with it. You observe it closely, with your entire interior as a single eye. That is, all your five senses as one single sense, which happens when you see with your eyes closed. And in that seeing, your relaxed body is smiling and asking the question, wordlessly, as a feeling. We come to this world, we go one day, hey, what's all this coming and going? That smile, that ease, just knowing how you feel, your truth of this moment soothes the nerves. You feel a complete absence of aggression, the trust of a newborn in its mother. You know like the baby knows, there is no threat out there. That feeling of safety and well-being, that sense of affirmation, sukha, is a gentle breeze that blows through the cells. It just lightens the inner weather, brings with it bird sound, a fragrance of night blossoms, a zest for life. It stimulates a hunger to know oneself, makes you want to know how you feel each moment of your life. Because Sukha seems to come from this simple act of dwelling on how you feel. No matter what the situation, it doesn't seem to matter if what you're feeling is even pleasant, good or not good, joy or pain. Just asking, how do I feel now? Is the end of the struggle with whatever your reality is at that moment. You stop drowning. You're back on top, swimming in the powerful current of life. Back to being. And when you know how to float in water effortlessly, in that relaxed state, you start looking around, noticing things. You notice some timeless questions resonating in you. Who am I? How did I get here? What's my purpose? What's my source? Where will I go when this show is over? Just knowing how you feel in the deepest sense yields these questions. Questions that haven't arisen from answers. Questions that seem to have come from a void but which seem to exude a power to put you in a zone where you're grateful. You want no trouble and so you won't cause any trouble either. You'd rather be quiet in a corner. Like that little schoolboy who enjoys the band Ice Cream Stick quietly, not wanting any attention 
lest it disturb his enjoyment. Just having these questions makes you non-aggressive, with no appetite for deceit, not coveting another's belongings, even ideas, not dissipating energy or anything superfluous, any thought, person or object, and instead staying minimal, processing just what one needs for the moment, like that ice cream stick, conserving your vitality for its enjoyment, just for the joy of enjoyment itself. It's a spontaneously occurring restraint. Yogis call it Yama. And when you have made it your default setting, which results in a kind of mental fasting that you maintain for life, Patanjali describes it as Mahavratham, the big vow that once taken stays with you through birth, transcends the place, era and time of your existence. Though it sounds earth-shaking as if you have to give up on life to take this vow, as we have seen, it happens more like how the boy with the ice cream restrained himself without any disciplining. That's why it's important to see this as an art. We feel art exists only for this, to be able to live without brute force, without excessive effort, to be able to live even a lifetime of discipline, effortlessly, spontaneously. The traveler's art is to travel light, travel warm, travel well. And with it comes the warm temperature of being, Sukha. It seems precious. You care for it, you affirm its presence. You make it a point to counter self-defeating logics, absurd logics, irrational kind of reasoning called vitarka that can leave you cold and derail your travel. When such thoughts occur, you counter them, taking its opposite side, pratipaksha, that is, you learn another beautiful art, the art of reasoning it out with yourself. Hey, those are my thoughts. It is I who created them. So I have the power to let go. This is a gentle art that can keep you in the state of santosha. Santosha means contentment in the deepest sense. In doing that, you realize that it helps you to keep the mental space clean, minimal, making a point to clear out even the most beautiful possessions, gadgets, gifts, inheritance that you don't really need. 
You need to take stock to be able to do this. It doesn't happen casually. Its real significance comes as another art to let go subtler holdings, memories, concepts, ideologies, beliefs, grudges, hurts, theories, blames, habits, pleasures. You make it a point to find out every time an object, physical or mental, pops up. To ask, do I need it? And to let go of the non-essentials, the things you will never use. It has been seen that people who have gone about doing this with all the things they have bought and inherited, they feel so rewarded with abundance. And this doesn't stop here. It takes you to the next level of cleansing, where you feel that your body and the sense organs themselves are cluttered and you want to purify them. Without ever realizing that this has put you on a path of cleansing, contentment, austerity, self-study. The yogis call this Niyama. Through Niyama, every time you get stuck, you learn how to get back in an instant from feeling like frozen ice, you learn to melt and flow cheerfully, taking along with you the smaller streams, people and situations along with you. You notice you are a river. You are in a deep state of ease. Sthiraha Sukham Stability and a sense of well-being, the state of asana.